Yo, what's good, y'all? Welcome back. Exciting week of football. I got my boy Julian and special guest Ryan Benner. What's up? What's up? What's good, y'all? What's up, guys? How y'all doing today? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm just great day for some talk football talk. You know, it is what it is. And I uh, just got some exciting news not too long ago. So, you know, I mean, yeah, that, we'll, we'll just start it off. It. Yeah, we'll just start off right there. The Rams trading basically their whole draft class for next year and they got von miller i mean we'll start with ryan because he's the broncos fan here i don't know what you're <laughs> feeling but what'd you think of the trade did you think he was going to get traded with all the rumors that was swirling around like what did you think when you saw that so to start off um it's a somber feeling for me um one because that is an 11 year era that just ended and you know that you know, any Broncos family today, that's, you know, that's, that's our guy. That's our favorite player. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the face of the franchise. So it's, there's definitely some emotions behind it. Um, going into this season, I didn't think Vaughn was going to come back to us. Cause you know, this is his last year of that deal. Um, you know, we already had some struggles of getting the option picked up during the free agency period. And so I was like going into the season, I was like, all right, this is has a potential to be Vaughn's last year, and I think it will be. You know, if Denver ends up having a good year, you know, maybe they can try to work out like on a deal where he still gets paid, but has it's still kind of team friendly. Um, and then obviously, as the season goes on, that we you know we drop four in a row, it's like all right, Vaughn's probably not coming back unless like we can show that we're making a push here. Like if we were to pursue someone like Aaron Rodgers at the quarterback position, maybe we can convince. Vaughn to stay um, going into the weekend, you know, I saw the CBS report, you know, someone was saying like, Hey, you know, this could be a situation for Denver to trade Vaughn Miller, um, you know, going into that stuff, you know, it's always rumors, people always speculation, you know, there wasn't actually any real at the time, no one had any real knowledge or anything going on. And so I just said like, no, it's not going to get done. The main thing I thought it was not going to get done was because he's still, was owed $9.7 million on that contract. The teams that could use his services, not a lot of them have the cap space to take that on. And so right there, I was like, I don't think a deal is going to get done. And then, you know, lo and behold, I'm sitting on a a call with Julian right when the news breaks. And, you know, that's, oh, that that caught me off guard. Um, Overall, looking at the trade, the second and third round picks, at this point in Vaughn's career, I do like that. Um, it is the fact that we that Denver is paying nine million of the salary still. I don't like that. I don't like that we are having to eat the remain basically the whole remainder of that contract without at least getting a, a, like a, another fifth round pick out of it or something like that. Obviously, I don't think the Rams even had that many picks where they could give us anything else. Um, so I think there's a plus and negative to the trade. I would say there's more of a plus just because we, we were able to get a second round out of the Rams for Vaughn at this point in his career. I mean, I was just telling Julian right now, like the fact that I, I don't know if this is the only offer they got, but I'm like, there's no way the fucking Rams just got another defensive star. And it's like, if they don't win it now, I, I don't know what else they could do. They can't keep trading. They, they don't really have that many, that much assets anymore. It's like, this is all or nothing at this point for this team. And, hundred percent. Like you, like you said, the, like 
very beginning of this episode, I don't think the Rams have a draft class left for 2022. If yeah, I'm, they have if, three if picks left. Yeah. So. Um, no, I mean, again, like, and you're right, like the Rams now with Aaron Donald, now with Von Miller had, you know, uh, Jalen Ramsey, right? Yeah. You know, having those three guys, you know, that defense is stacked. You have Stafford playing like he is on the other side of the ball. There's no reason um, why they shouldn't, like, be deep into the postseason competing for a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Julian, I want to get your thoughts. You know, we have a bunch of Broncos fans in our life. But uh, what was your thoughts when you saw this? I mean, (laughs) I'm getting everybody else's reactions, but what's yours? You're kind of like, eh, whatever, but. I mean, at the end of the day, really, I mean, I think this is a great trade for both teams, to be quite honest with you. He was bound to leave at some point. I mean, yeah. Benner hit it up on, on the money that he's going to leave. I mean, uh, the Broncos really did nothing really late, lately to kind of convince him to stay. So, I mean, if you're any value, so anything in return really was a big plus for the Broncos and for them to get a second and third. Um, yes, I understand they're going to eat up some of his salary, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, those two picks are kind of valuable, especially in the NFL draft, not NBA draft, where really anything past the first round is worthless. But NFL drafts, you can find some good players in the second and third round. So to be quite honest with you, I don't know. I like this trade for the Broncos and the Rams. I mean, the Rams get a they're, – they're hosting the Super Bowl this year, which, you know, obviously this is why they're going, you know, ham for everything this year, this season. And the Broncos do really, at the end of the day, I think they should fire Fangio and, and really just rebuild from, from bottom to – you know, from the very bottom and, you know, what better way to get a lot of draft picks in return? Cause they really got off the whole Rams draft class really, other than the first pick they have what, I know they got a couple of pieces in their trade earlier too. So, or not, not a couple of pieces. I mean, they got a couple of pieces in this trade and I know they're looking to get more with, um, you know, possibly Melvin Gordon, um, maybe out there or Fuller, you know? So, I mean, the Broncos, so, yeah. are, this is telling me that they're blowing the, it up. That's what I was about to ask you guys. Do you feel like there's going to be a fire sale on Denver? within the next 24 hours of the trade deadline since um, it is tomorrow. I per se, I don't know how much of a fire sale there will be. It's be, because like we, our roster is very, very young and there's like, there's not a lot of pieces that we would be willing to deal right now. Like they're, you know, they're not going to deal um, Sutton. They're not going to deal Judy. They're not going to deal fans um, on. They're really not going to deal anyone on the side of the, on the offensive side of the ball, maybe drew lock and get maybe like a six round pick out of it. Something like that. Mm. Um, deep, uh, defensively on the side of the ball. Um, Kyle Fuller, probably I could see going um, just because we're just not absolutely not using him whatsoever. And um, we're getting some secondary people back from injury, uh, secondary players back from injury. So, you know, it's just, it's getting harder for Kyle Fuller to get on the field. And the time he has been on the field, he's just been, an absolute liability. So I wouldn't be shocked to see him dealt. Um, maybe Kareem Jackson, just because he's only on a one-year deal. Um, but outside of that, I don't think there's anyone specific that will get dealt just because of how many young pieces are on the, on this team on both sides of the ball that we've acquired over the last two or three years. And I think Denver, you know, wants to build around and, you know, Vaughn, was one of the last two players in the Super Bowl 50 era. And, you know, it, it, it made sense. For, like it does, it does make sense for him to get traded and for him to deal that, to deal that outset because he was going to leave in free agency. But other than that, I don't see any like major, major fire still coming out of Denver. Mm. Well, let me ask you this. You think Teddy will get traded? No. Um, no, just because I think um, 
you know, going into the season, it was clear as day that Pat Shermer and uh, Vic Fangio were going to die by the sword on their veteran quarterback. And they're going to, you know, live and die on that sword again for the remainder of the season. If a quarterback is dealt at a Dove Valley, it's going to be Drew Locke. Hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know who besides New Orleans would try to trade for a quarterback right now. I just don't see it. But um let me ask you, Ryan, because, you know, me and Julian kind of talked about it. I don't know if it was last week or the week before. Like, do you feel like Sir Town was the right pick for you guys at the time? Like, are, are you like, I don't know. Are you like looking at the Bears and the Patriots like, fuck, man, I wish I had Fields or Jones or anything so, like that or, or just it, whatever? It, it, it's hard to um, it's real hard to say. Uh, Sertan has honest, arguably been the best player in our secondary this year. Yeah. Um, and you know, that, you know, going into the draft and going into the season, everyone knew like Sertan was easily a day one starter. Yeah. We, you know, he was going to have his rookie struggles, but everyone had the same, basically had the, <clears throat> the equal mindset that, you no, know, he can start day one for a defense. And, you know, we picked up him, Fangio picked up him that quickly for us. So, you know, he's basically a starter at this point. Um, I mean, Jul- the night of the draft, Julian did watch with me and, he has visual evidence of my reaction to, to that draft because I did want Justin Fields um, just because I, you know, I want, I like, I need a quarterback in Denver, but that's, I need that as yeah. a fan so badly. Um, go, <laughs> looking at it right now. I it's, it's hard to say because Fields has had the early season struggles. I don't know if that's him. I don't know if that's Chicago. Just have no idea how to use him. Um, I don't know about, about Mac Jones because I'm the one that had one of those mindsets. Like, I don't know if Matt Jones is going to succeed anywhere else except under Belichick's system. Mm. Maybe. I just feel like he has that poise. And I don't know. I mean, I understand why you guys kind of took a corner at that pick, but it, it's just kind of like, eesh. especially right now with where you guys are at and how Teddy Bridgewater is kind of struggling. I mean, that's, I don't know if that's more on your O line or not. I haven't really watched all the Broncos games this year, but I mean, your receivers are getting hurt a lot. And I don't know. I'm just trying to get where you're at. What do you think is going to happen, you know, next year? What are they going to draft? Are they going to try to get Rodgers or Watson? Like, what do you think the plan moving forward is for your team? Um, so, I mean, kind of the, touch a little bit more on the draft. I think Denver was in a scenario going into that draft that they could take best player available. Yeah. Um, that, and that's kind of just the way they approach the offseason. Um, and I think in that mindset, I don't think anyone really out of Denver thought Justin Fields was going to be there at, um, at that pick. And, you know, when, you know, when, you know, when Denver got on the clock and Fields was still there, I, you know, I, they, they, they say there was no talk whatsoever to even think about Fields. They say Sertan was the guy from the start, which is weird to think because Sertan was not brought in for any visits. They did not interview him whatsoever or anything like that. They just, they went completely off film with him. And it was like, no, Sertan's our guy. So, you know, in the long run, we'll have to see. I think the comparison is going to be between Fields and Sertan's career um, to see, like, in the long run, see who got the better pick out of that one. Right now, I think it's too early to say just because of with Fields is out with his struggles. Um, going into this, the upcoming offseason, it's going to be interesting to see how Denver approaches it um, because we all, everyone knows – Aaron Rodgers is going to be available, whether it's a trade or free agency, he will be available. Um, I think at the same time, I think we'll also see the drama between Seattle and Russell Wilson 
pop back up again. Mm-hmm. And I, and you know, someone's going to try to make a push for Russell Wilson. I would love to see you know, Wilson in the orange or blue and come play for Denver. Um, it's just going to see what can, was Seattle's asking price going to be and can Denver pull that off? Cause I don't, you know, right now there hasn't been any, like, in my opinion, like any, you know, solidified, um, standout quarterbacks for the 2022 draft. Cause you know, like going into 2021, we knew, you know, Trevor Lawrence was going to be in that draft. We knew, you know, fields, Mac Jones, we knew those guys all were going to be in the draft. So we knew that, Hey, this is going to be a real quarter, real good quarterback draft class. We're, you know, we're not getting the same vibes in 2022, at least not yet. So again, I think, and I I don't, so again, I think Denver is going to look at the veterans first before they even start looking at drafting a quarterback in 2022. Yeah, I don't know if you have anything else to add, Julian, but this is just, I'm just shocked that, you know, Ron Miller's going to a contender and, you know, the Rams, again, this is a huge moment for them and let's see if they can capitalize, especially with the way the NFC is shaping out, so. Yeah, I mean, this this really kind of, you know, pays, for me, I bet on the Rams to, to make the Super Bowl since the beginning of the season, so this is kind of really just yeah. giving me better odds at this point. I mean, Von Miller's still a great player when healthy, um, so. I mean, the Rams, like I said, it's a win-win, really. The Broncos now moving forward are just going to rebuild. And, you know, the Rams are trying to go for it all this season. So, really, I like to trade for both sides. I know it sucks from an emotional standpoint. I know I know Ryan's feeling it. But, I mean, sometimes, I mean, I felt – the way you feel about Von Miller leaving now is how I felt about Julio in the offseason. So, oh, 100%. You know, I mean, you just got to move on from these players at some point and just kind of move forward with the team. So, that's really all I got to add to that. I guess more like my mindset on it was is that like I knew he was going to leave. Um, I guess I didn't know it was going to be this quickly, but I think um, I think Julian like the all the emotion was when like you were when I was in shock for that good five minutes there, and then once you know the Adam Schefter reports came in and that it was a second and a third. I think I think that's where I was determined. More like all right, what did this is what we got? Yeah, yeah. It's a decent trade. Decent trade yeah, I mean, and plus you guys get assets. You could probably flip that into, you know, Rogers or whatever. You'll probably have to give up that many picks to even come close to getting them. So maybe that'll be good for you guys in the long run. But uh, let's get into the games of this past weekend. And on Thursday, let's talk about Denver's future quarterback, Aaron Rodgers and Julian's team, the Cardinals. Uh, what do you guys think of this game and what this means for both teams? Like, is this a bigger win for the Packers or a bigger loss for the Cardinals? I think this is a bigger loss for the Cardinals, to be quite honest with you, because it's one thing if the Packers were fully healthy and, you know, came in yeah. you know, with all hands on deck. But really, for them to lose a game like this and fumble it to a team that really just had a Rodgers and a couple of other smaller pieces, it's kind of big. It just kind of shows the league that, like, hey, look, they're, they're a good team, but they're not really the, the, the team to be afraid of. Um, especially when they couldn't even handle uh, a depleted Packers team. So this is kind of a bigger loss in my end. I think Rodgers came in there that Thursday, you know, with no pressure. And then really, like, you know what? Like, if we lose, we were bound to lose this game. But if we win, you know, we're going to shock the world and, and get momentum against one of these bigger contenders. No, I, I think um, – no, I agree, John. I think it is a bigger loss um, for the Cardinals just because um, now they're starting to get a little beat up, you know, losing Watt for the year. Um, D-Hop is uh, looking a little staggered. Um, so I – think that this was a time for them to show that they could come in and, you know, solidify that, Hey, we are an elite team in the NFC and we are going to make a Super Bowl run. Um, and, you know, that whole, you know, last, last offensive uh, possession, just the whole miscommunication there 
kind of looked like they were in, in panic mode a little bit. You know, that doesn't, that doesn't show us it's like, no, yeah, you are ready to go. You know, I'm not saying that the Cardinals about to take a nosedive, but there's, it should raise some concerns right now, but it's not the panic button yet. Um, to also add on that, I would say it's also a big win for Aaron Rodgers, not Green Bay, but Aaron Rodgers, because, you know, he, like Julian said, they were missing so many pieces Mm-hmm. Uh, got hit, got hit with the COVID bug this week. Um, you know, Rogers came in there and played like he did, you know, for him to be 38 years old. He's like, Nope, I'm still Aaron Rodgers. I'm still as reliable as ever. And I think it was a moment for him to show both green Bay and whoever his future team is for next year. Like you're getting someone you can rely on. Yeah. I mean, Arizona, you should know going into this, Aaron Jones is going to be the number one target at all mm-hmm. times and they didn't really take advantage of it kyler murray having an ankle sprain already concerns me i i kind of feel like they're gonna take a mini nosedive like you're saying they're not going to but i feel like if kyler's not 100 percent, that just shows where this team's gonna go and they're gonna you know they go as kyler murray goes so if they can't if he's not 100 percent, it's gonna be tough for them moving forward they got the 49ers next week and uh who else do they got after that the Panthers I mean you know I know they got the Rams coming up soon as well but it's like I don't know I'm just worried about this team uh Julian knows this and I'm pretty sure you've heard me Ryan I mean I I just didn't I wasn't really confident in this team they they really surpassed all expectations and for them to blow that game the way they did I mean it's gonna be tough moving forward for them I don't know if that's gonna be a confidence uh you know deplete their confidence if they're gonna come out flat against the Niners next week but just something to watch moving forward. And like you said, a big win for Rodgers with his fourth, fifth, sixth string receivers playing and still making plays. You know, he's throwing to Winfrey, and I've never heard of this dude in my life, and he's making plays. So, you know, it was a good win for them and more Rodgers, like you said, Ryan. But uh, what's the game you want to talk about, Julian? We'll just ping-pong it back and forth. Yeah, I wanted to actually stick to that division, really just Rams-Texans, just the way they – I look, listen, everyone knew the Rams were going to win this game, but just the way they, they kind of toyed with the Texans, it's just kind of sad. It just – I felt bad. Um, I was really entertained with this game despite it being 38-0 um, at one point. So, I mean, just – they were playing with it, man, really. Like the yeah. first half, they were going for it on fourth down, at the, you know, at the Texans' five-yard line like three times, I think, the first half. And, you know, a couple times they didn't get it, but – Really, they didn't worry. They weren't too worried about it. They knew the defense is going to come in and make the stops and get them in better position next drive. So it was just sad. I kind of want to just give the Rams a shout out even before getting Von Miller. This team looks scary. They're, that's the difference between them and the Cardinals is whenever there's a team that's down, um, that's you know not fully healthy or you know they're not as talented, they're they're going to capitalize on that and you know really destroy these teams. So I mean, this is why I have the Rams making the Super Bowl, but I have the Cardinals kind of winning the division because I think, you know, moving forward, I, like you said, like we got the Niners coming up, you know, they lost the game to the bears. So, or not, they didn't lose the game, but they, they were close to losing those games. So I think the Rams will have a tougher schedule at moving forward than the Cardinals. I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I looked at the Rams schedule. I mean, they do still have their whole division left and green Bay and all that, but I don't know. I I just feel like it's tough for the Cardinals to lose that game, but uh, I don't know if you have anything on that, Ryan, about the exciting Rams-Texans game. Like Julian said, it was 38-0 at one point, and I know betting people are furious (laughs) that took the 16-and-a-half line, so... 
I mean, I mean, the, the biggest question for me is just the Rams allowing Houston to at least put up 22 points. Yeah. Um, maybe that's exactly why they went out and got Von Mildred because they allowed Houston to put up 22 points. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's, I mean, that's really the only thing I have to add on. I mean, the, I don't, the Rams are a Super Bowl contender. That's, mm-hmm. that's my mindset on it. You know, they walked in, you know, yeah, they're, the, my biggest question mark now is just how you allow 28, 22 points. Thir- the 38 makes sense. It's the other side of the ball that I'm just a little concerning, but I don't think that there's any room to panic over there in, in the Rams clubhouse. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, they were toying with them. They were yeah, with them. I, I mean, I, I didn't watch the game, but I was just looking at the updates because I have Stafford and fantasy. I mean, it was just they were just moving the ball at will. So I, I just feel like that's more garbage time they let up. Maybe, maybe, like you said, Ryan, maybe it is something to watch out for as far as their defense goes. But I mean, like Julian said, they're toying with them. <laughs> they were just trying to run up the scoreboard and, you know. Just I I still can't believe fucking Von Miller's a rip, but whatever. Let's move on. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about a game that Julian was telling me earlier. They fucked everybody over the Jets and Mike fucking White killing the Bengals 400 yards. There was a three touchdowns. I know he had two picks, but I mean, did anybody see this coming? Did you guys put money on the Jets? Like, I'm just I was shocked that the Bengals let that up. And I know Julian's going to talk about that controversial play, but um you know just your thoughts on that game <laughs> my i mean my first reaction to it's like so i was i was flying i flew back yesterday from uh from a business trip and so i slept through the morning games um but i was keeping a track on my fantasy teams and i had i had to start joe burrow in one league and he was struggling he was on the, the struggle bus yesterday and i was like what the fuck is going on he's playing the jets and like talk about an absolute trap game for Cincinnati, you know, beat beat Baltimore like they did last weekend, five and two, top of the division. They're walking in and should absolutely just smack the Jets right in the mouth. And I don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> this is where you separate the, the good teams with the elite teams. Cause like, as I brought it up, it's kind of the theme this episode is like, you know, when you're when you're playing a team that's not as talented or kind of depleted, when you know they don't have your starting quarterback, you got you're expected to at least beat them. You know, maybe blow them out like the Rams did to the Texans, but like at least beat the team. And for the fact that you know they let the Jets kind of linger around, and you know the Jets made that comeback, it's it speaks volume that the Bengals are a good team, but they're not ready really to take over in that division. Yeah, the AFC is just a mess. I'm not really sure who is first and that, who's really running away with that conference. Uh, I mean. Yesterday, if Henry doesn't go down with the injury, I mean, a lot of people would be saying the Titans, but, you know, it's just all over the place. We don't know what's going to go on with Vegas. I'm still not buying that team. Uh, Baltimore, they're on their bye week. Let's see if they bounce back from that loss. But maybe Buffalo's the leader in the clubhouse now. I just don't know who is really the number one team in the AFC because the Bengals, I mean, they really shit the bed yesterday. And like Julian said, the fact that they let up 14 unanswered and, you know, obviously they – that was a bad, you know, penalty. I watched it over and over again. I'm like, man, that, that was really fucked up. Like Ty Johnson lunged his helmet into Hilton. It shouldn't have been called. It did. It's whatever. But I mean, it's more in the Bengals for not taking advantage of this poor matchup. And now they're at the fifth seed and let's see if they can recover from it. You know, I would look at you're right. The, the AFC is an absolute like dumpster fire right now. No one is a solidified on top. In my heart, I still feel like we'll see the Chargers 
in the number one seed. Mm. Um, but even that division makes no fucking sense whatsoever with the Chiefs being what they are this year. And like, again, like you said, I, we can't get a vibe on Vegas if they're good, if they're not. The fact that the Denver fucking Broncos are a half a game out of second place in that division and can still have a shot of making the playoffs just shows you that the AFC is a giant fucking question mark. Yeah, it's funny. I didn't notice that. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, we we could just jump into the Titans. I don't know what you guys thought. I mean, Carson Wentz really gave that game up. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. That pick six was unacceptable. I can't believe he fucking threw that. Like just like last week. Like I know it wasn't an interception, but he, you know, he fumbled that forward to the uh, 49ers and looked like a pick. I'm like, bro, what are we? What are we doing here? Are we just trying to do a, a good Carson Wentz Eagles impression or what? Because that's the, the, there's no way they should have lost that game yesterday and they really blew it and i think they're that really knocked them out of the afc south uh picture in my opinion i know that division's wide open the titans could drop a few games but i mean they're looking at a seven seed at best this year if they can you know bounce back from that loss i think the biggest question mark coming out of it now is that we're we're about to see is ryan Tannehill real or was he just hiding yeah. behind derrick henry I mean, he's he's been he's been kind of playing better than you know we've come to see the 200 yard performances. Like he's getting the ball to AJ Brown at least. Yeah. At least I, at least we're seeing that. But I, I, get, I don't I know. Like Julio's health is going to be a big issue for them too because now that they don't have their you know Henry in the backfield, who is their number two now? I I don't know. I am going to have to go look that up here in a second. I don't know who the fuck it is. Um, no, I mean, okay. So let me retire, but I guess I don't mean Tannehill's a bad quarterback, like at all. Like he, oh, you yeah, know, he has to carry the load now. I feel yeah, he's got, he's got to carry the load. I mean, like, I, you know, I was actually working for the Titans that year, that first year of Ryan Tannehill, when he came in halfway through the season, led them on, you know, the, led him on that incredible run in the second half of the season. Like ended that sadly ended in the AFC championship against KC. Um, but I, I think just the big, biggest question mark is, all right, you know, you gave Tannehill that contract. Can't let's show like we need him to, you need him to play. You don't need him to be elite. You really don't. But can he step up now and show, Hey, I can be a good quarterback because I mean, everyone who even understands the game of football knows that team, that offensive scheme was completely centered around number 22 without him. How did they adapt? How did, like you said, how did they adapt with Julio's injury issues? You know, AJ has not been the healthiest this year. Can Tannehill keep this team alive to make a playoff run? I mean, they're, they're no doubt going to make playoffs in my opinion. I think that the whole division is just really bad right now too. I mean, it's been historically bad the past few years, really, um, and this year's no different. I mean, the Colts kind of blew it away, like you said, and, you know, the Texans and Jaguars are just a joke right now, so they have no really – it's just between the Titans and Colts. And the fact that the Titans really won both of those games against them this season is going to be huge as a tiebreaker mark. Um, but really the Titans don't – I don't think the Titans have much pressure really to, you know, go hot and win all these crazy games moving forward. I think if they just take care of business like they have been – even with Derrick Henry out and, you know, really just not to let the foot off the gas, but I think they'll be okay. And then, you know, you just never know any given Sunday, once playoffs come they, you know, they might be able to surprise some folks. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like this really knocked out Indy as far as taking that division. So, I mean, they're in the driver's seat. Like you said, they just got to take care of business. I think 10, 10, 10 wins, wins this division. So, I mean, the thing is like Carson Wentz has, has been playing a lot more aggressive, which I love seeing. Um, but there's just some moments where, like you said, 
Uh, he's just kind of been throwing the questionable ball when sometimes he's going to have to learn to just take the sack. Um, I know in overtime, um, the first drive of, of overtime when they caught the ball, um, he was going to get sacked and he tried to make a play and, and kind of do a shovel pass uh, to one of the running backs. And it's like he didn't learn from the interception he gave up uh, previously where, you know, there's a linebacker right there that really was going to cut it off and intercepted it. Obviously, they just weren't able to make the play the times. But those 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 little plays that people don't see on the stat sheet is like they, it, it's on the game film. And, and Carson Wins needs to be more careful on that. But I do like his aggressiveness, though. And, and that's what keeps them in the game, really. I mean that aggr- that aggressiveness got that aggression got him in trouble in Philly. That's why he left. Honestly, I mean, he just he's very careless with the ball, and that's that was my only concern with Indy is first of all his health, and second, is he gonna go back to the old Carson Wentz after the MVP year that he had? So, I mean, hopefully he's not on track for that. Still, I mean, hopefully it's just a bad game that he had. But I mean, I like one I said, thing I oh go, go ahead. Sir. Uh, I mean, one thing I was going to add on, like, I mean, you're not wrong. He did play a lot of hero ball in Philly. Um, Philly didn't help him whatsoever, though. They didn't take – they, you know, they rushed him back for injury and got him beat up. Um, at the same time, I mean, like, they also let a lot of weapons leave and assets leave and all that. That really put Wentz in a hole where he was relying – that he had – in his mind, he had to play more of that hero, that hero ball, which got him in trouble – and you know yeah you're right he did he did play it again yesterday um Wentz is not a hero ball player he doesn't need to start trying to do those things otherwise he's going to get any team in trouble yeah I don't know we'll see what what happens moving forward I'm going to be curious like you said with Tannehill if he can you know really show out and carry this team into the playoffs I mean we already know they're going to make it but we'll see how far they can go this I mean, time they, they, and, have a, they have an impressive slate of wins though under them. Yeah, they, for they, sure. They got the Chiefs, they do. the Bills. I mean, um, the the Colts twice. I mean, I know we're kind of trashing them a little bit, but they're still a decent team. So, all in all, they they really beaten the top AFC teams that we're expecting to be up there. So, pretty impressive. I mean, they got the Rams though. They got the Rams coming up. So that's, that's gonna be a really good one Sunday night. So that'll be that'll be the big game that everyone's gonna really determine if the times are for real or not. Uh, let's talk about a team that I want to know. This is a uh, Julian Super Bowl pick. The Browns really choking yesterday uh, against Wash Ben. I don't know what you what you think, Ryan, about the fucking Steelers really taking that game from the Browns. Because if if Jarvis doesn't fumble that ball at the end of the game, I I, I think the Browns would have pulled it out. But I mean, they just shot themselves in the foot all all game long. Um, I mean, I, yesterday is a hard, yesterday was a hard question mark for Cleveland um, as Ju- Julian can back me up on this. I am a massive Baker Mayfield stand. Um, I love that kid to death. And I, you know, I love like it, it makes like, I'm proud of him to like to be out there still playing with that labrum issue. But I think, you know, the biggest question um, Cleveland needs to ask themselves right now is like, should he be even out there? Yeah. What, you know, can they make the playoffs with him out there and in the situation that he's in? Because it was, you know, watching the little bit of that game I did yesterday. Um, you know, I, I watched most, most of the second half Baker was struggling and that was clear as day. Um, you know, Jarvis Landry fumbling. He didn't help. Um, you know, Pittsburgh basically shut down Nick Chubb yesterday. You know, Baker's 
Baker's not healthy, and everyone knows that. It's been it's widely known to the public. Should and I know it's not a better option, but should Case Keenum be in there? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Like I, I I feel what you're saying. He was missing a couple throws where it's like ooh, a little lower. That would have been a big play for them. But yeah, I don't know if Case Keenum's really the answer. But I feel what you're saying. Like the Baker Mayfield, you could tell that that labrum's really bothering him and. It might hold the Browns back, honestly. Like this is this was a real a strong contender for a lot of people. It's including myself. I had them going to the AFC Championship, and they've just really been flat. And the, obviously, the injury didn't help them at all with uh, well, Mayfield. Yeah, and just I mean, especially more though, because like you said, that Cleveland was in position to win that game, and they let it you know slip away. Is that because of Baker's issue where he just can't make those throws? I, I would say that's more of. Um, the guys just not a lot of people drop balls too. I'm not gonna put that all on Baker. That. Like 100 yeah, I mean, Jarvis fumbled. Uh I know Bryant Hooper couldn't catch the ball really at all yesterday. I mean Rashad Higgins jumping yeah, Higgins. offsides or yeah, the false start that he had, like right there at the yeah. end of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, that push into that third and nineteen. Um, I mean, no, like you're hundred percent right. Like, yeah, Landry fumbling, the drops, the not playing smart football, those are all major factors in the game yesterday i just but i think that you know combined with baker's um you know torn labrum they let it slip slip away and like there has to be a i think there at least needs to be a conversation of if you have a healthy quarterback i know that healthy quarterback is case keenum and you know that's like kissing your freaking sister um (laughs) it's not it's no, it's, it's not a plus like, but you have to look at, are we better off with a quarterback that is healthy? Yeah. I mean, look, I saw the whole game really. That was the one game I saw play by play. Um, Same. Uh, the big opportunity I think the Browns really did not capitalize on is the Steelers lost Boswell with that injury when they tried to go for it on fourth down. Mm-hmm. Um, they, with the fact that they had no kicker and you know, Mike Thomas is just going to be going for it on fourth down every play unless they have to punt. Um, the Browns really, you know, they should have capitalized on that because the Steelers could have scored more points. Frankly, if they had Boswell there, they would have kicked a couple more field goals. You know, kind of would have ran, would have ran away with it a lot more. Um, so the Browns really messed up on offense. I think their defense was stellar. Um, I think they did what they had to do really to keep the the, the, the Browns in this game. Uh, but I mean, the Browns really, like you guys are saying, Baker kind of missed a couple of throws. But in my opinion, I think. The, I th- I'm blaming more on the receivers because they, there were some balls they should have caught. Jarvis was a couple that I'm thinking of. Um, and the fact is they're probably going to blame Baker Baker for the position he threw those balls. Um, but I also look at it as he's also caring about his receivers. I know there's a couple balls that were behind the receivers, um, but the reason why he's throwing them there, and Romo pointed this out, is because he doesn't want it to be a, a, a ahead of them, and then, boom, the defender just knocks them out. So um, Baker I mean, was kind of kind of really being cautious about where he's throwing these placements of those balls. But at the end of the day, where the hell is Chubb? You know, it, Johnson got that touchdown. It felt like that one play alone really was was what I was expecting from Chubb all game. And I don't yeah. know, this, this team's one of the most penalized teams in, in, in the league. So they're kind of hurting themselves in the foot there too with, with their penalties that they're doing. Because you brought it up, Brian, that, that false start really that kind of put them away from the position they were at. It, it really fucked them over. And, and you could tell from Hooper's reaction on that false start that it's, it, it's just been an occurring thing for them. Was uh, was Chubb on a, on a play count yesterday? I believe so. He was. But even the, the times he was out there, it's just 
he wasn't that productive. I don't know. Maybe it's just the Steelers front front seven, but I mean, he was not productive whatsoever. I mean, Odell being an absolute zero on offense doesn't help either. Like he's one of your top targets and you, you don't find them. Like you just have to have, like they had, there has to be a missing person out there, a report for Odell because he has not shown up at all since he's come back from it. He had like one good game. And yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not putting this on Baker at all. I mean, the, obviously the injury is an issue, but he, there was a lot of plays that was left out on the field by, you know, his receivers and, I, this is a game they 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 desperately needed. I mean, they they needed to beat the Steelers to you know stay alive, especially with how the Ravens looked. I mean, they they could have possibly stolen this division from them, and now it's kind of you know they're playing catch up with them. So right, it's it's tough for them, but we'll see if they can bounce back. They got the Bengals next week, and who knows how that game's gonna go? <laughs> if the the Bengals look past the Jets, I mean. Maybe they're going to be discombobulated and the Browns can take advantage of that. But, I mean, we'll see what happens if Case Keenum starts or not, like Ryan said. But uh, what's the game you want to talk about, Ryan? What what, what do you want to discuss? Um, so I think the biggest game for me that I would want to look at, um, and it's one I, you know, you're going to look at me like I'm crazy. It's one I didn't get really actually get to watch and only seen highlights of it is the 49ers and the Bears. And – the reason why I want to talk about this one is now there's, you know, and now we have to talk, there's questions out there um, regarding both teams. One, the first one, because I know I said earlier that Justin Fields has had his struggles this year. This game, he that looked was like coming he, out party. Yeah, that was his coming out party. This was also the game that Matt Nagy was not on that sideline and he was not calling the plays. Mm, okay. Now we're talking. So, I mean, listen, the Bears, like you said, they have not been helping them at all. O-line is a big issue. I feel like the receivers just haven't really come to play. I mean, the tight ends are really the only options that he has as far as, you know, players stepping up. 100%. I mean, they're doubling Allen Robinson every play, and Mooney's really the only guy that's getting open. But, I mean, he's getting like 55 yards a game. That's not going to do it. So, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's true. Nagy wasn't there. He's not calling the play. I, they They need a change of – uh, they just need to blow it up as far as I'm concerned. But, I mean, Fields showed you why they took him where they took him. They traded up to get him, and that's their franchise. I mean, if you're a Bears fan, you I know they lost, but I'm not looking, you know, I'm not discouraged at all after what I saw from him yesterday. Right, 100%. Yeah, and, you know, you know, look at the scoreboard, 33-22, to 22, Chicago lost, but you can't overlook how Justin Fields played in that game with the weapons that he has with the play calling that he was getting looked like if like from the highlight from what i've seen of the game looks like the play calling was a little bit finally there for him um and then but on the other side of the ball and this is one thing that julie and i were talking about two weeks ago and i know he mentioned to you about my take on it the 49ers over here but yeah they win 33 to 22 they're sitting there at a three and four record they have the defense that they have they have the weapons that they supposedly have on offense, but you're only beating the bears by 11 points and allowing 22 as well. Yeah. That's what I was saying last week. Like I, I isn't really, it has not stepped up for them in that number two role. You know, like I was saying that he got the reps that Debo's getting right now. Obviously he was the number one option for them and he took advantage of it last year, but I just don't, I don't understand where he's at this year. 
Muhammad Sanu should not be your second overall mm-hmm. receiver. I mean, I know they don't have Kittle. That's a issue for them. But yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with you when he brought that up. I mean, the fact now, that they've been drafting defense basically every year besides the Ayuk year, I mean, it's like for what? I mean, you guys drafted Sermon, but was running back a really big need for you at the second round? I mean, you could have got a, another receiver, could have got a tight end. I don't know. They could have been a lot of options, and I agreed with that take completely. Like, it's, uh, it's especially you know, it's looking at that Trey Sermon pick now. He didn't see a single play nope. yesterday. Nope. It is it's all Mitchell right now. So now that, that Sermon pick is looking awful, um, but now you have to look. Be, you know, let's look off the field. Or let's look to the sideline and let's look to the you know the GM office. Who's more at fault here? Is it John Lynch? Yeah, I would say. I mean that, that that's how I was telling Julian. Like he should be the one that that's honestly in the hot seat. Shanahan will probably get it next year if they keep playing like this. But you know, again though, like in the the fact is, so <clears throat> kind of like okay, yeah, you I could you could say John Lynch is on the hot seat, but, and he, yeah, he has made the defensive picks that he's made what, for like the last five or six years before he picked Trey Lance this year, that yeah. defense is like at least shows that they can be a Super Bowl caliber defense when they're healthy. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing now is like you supposedly have this offensive mastermind, this offensive guru on the sideline um, with Kyle Shanahan is like, is he just not putting, like, the right scheme together for these players, or does he not have the right players? I think yeah. it's the players. I mean, Ayuk, like I said, he's falling off a cliff. I, Sanu should not be your number two receiver. I mean, the only one that's really taking advantage of the situation he's in is Debo. I mean, he's going off. And I thought the first game was kind of a fluke. They were playing the Lions. I mean, he got a long touchdown, but he, consistently he's getting big numbers for them, so. That's the only bright spot for the for the 49ers. I know Jimmy G's stepping up here and there, but I, I don't I don't know what they do with that quarterback situation. Like I know they have Lance in the wings waiting, but it's like is that what's keeping this team back? Like does Shanahan only have a Trey Lance playbook ready to go? I don't know. Like it, it's just weird. I feel like it's the personnel they have on offense. I mean, they they have good players. I mean, it's not like they're bums, but it's just I feel like they just focus on building that defense up a little too much and not really giving the players that Shanahan has, but no excuse. Like Shanahan, I I told Julian this last week, like it's biting him in the ass that, you know, he thinks he can just make these, these like B C players, a players all the time. And it's just killing them right now. Honestly, they they have no answer on offense on what they do. And I don't know what they do from here. Like I said, I, I think their season's over. I don't think they, they bounce back. Like, you know, I thought they would be winning this division, and obviously that's not happening. No, and I think, you know, you're not – everything that you said there is 100% correct. Um, but you, you're probably going to disagree with me. I know Julie and I have talked about this. Like, And I, I'm going to note right here, I don't think it's going to happen, but it will not shock me if the 49ers and Shanahan part ways before they do with John Lynch. Mm. Yeah, mm. good to see it. Because I mean, it, it could. I, I'm not gonna sit here and say that you know he doesn't deserve any of the blame. I just feel like they're gonna give him another year. That's just my gut feeling. It, I could be wrong though. Again, I don't. I, I don't think it's gonna happen. I, I I I'm with you. I think he'll get another year. 
but I think um, I think that second half of that Super Bowl is um, in bad taste with both the with the front office and just the fan base. Um, I you know last year you know I they you know the injuries last year for the 49ers were horrible. They had the longest IR list in the league, and so that you know did them no service. But no one's going to look at that. Um, and then now you're sitting at three and four this year. You know. St- the, you know, the indie game was ugly. You know, now you're only beating a very, very struggling Bears by 11 points. You're sitting there at three and four. Now the question looks at it like, okay, is Shanahan just not capable of coaching? And the problem, the problem why, like, I think Shanahan, Shanahan is going to go first is because, you know, on Sundays, you don't see John Lynch. You don't see anyone else in the front office. You see Kyle Shanahan there on the sideline with these struggles. And, so that's where the face is going to, that's where the fingers are going to be pointed at. I, again, I don't think it's going to happen, but I, it wouldn't shock me if Shanahan and the 49ers parted ways, but if he does happen, he's going to be the number one coaching option on every person's list. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, true. I mean, unless Brady from, from the Panthers, I think he's also a hot candidate, but I mean, those are all the conversations for another time, really. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, because you know we never know. Maybe the Niners do you know switch it around, and, and the Niners you know are in a good spot to make playoffs. So I know this is Charlotte's pick. This is your pick, boy. Um, you know you got them at number one, right? In the predictions at the beginning of the season, you had them at number one or two. As far as like seeding or just yeah, a yeah, division? In the, in the division. In the division. Oh yeah, I had them winning the division. So okay. I, I I know it's shocked. I know it's over. So I mean, we'll see what they can do from here. It's just a lot of questions coming out of that building and. I mean, if it does happen, I'm I'm not gonna be shocked at all if he gets canned, you know, within, you know, whether it's before the season, after the season, I don't know. But I, I mean, like I said, he he deserves a lot of the blame here. But I just feel like, you know, Lynch. It it just depends on what ownership wants to do. I don't know if they see a, a longer future with Lynch or Shanahan. So like, I couldn't tell you. I mean, my only concern is that they're going to look at the what the success has been on the defensive side of the ball with Lynch's picks, and they're going to get in this mindset that he is a good GM and not even look at his failures on the offensive ball, uh, offensive side of the ball. And then they're going to look at Shanahan where, you know, he's supposed to be this offensive guru and he's going to get the finger pointed at him. I guess yeah, that's the, the mindset I'm going at with it. Yeah, I could see it. Wow, I didn't think uh, 49ers-Bears was going to be a big topic for us, but hey, that was interesting. But... um. Let's Coming see. out of left field of that one. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. So let's talk about your Dirty Birds, Julian, your actual team. Um, yeah. Uh, you guys fucking choked. I'm so pissed. I had money <laughs> on y'all, too. I mean, it's like, come on, bro. Like, y'all can't keep doing this to me. Sam Darnold looked like he was playing for the Jets last week. They put P.J. Walker in, and I was like, all right, bet. That's it. That's going to be an easy win for the, for the Falcons. They're taking advantage of these shitty teams, and then to just shit the bed, well, I mean, and I, I don't know. Listen, I mean, you know, you're a big Stefan Gilmore guy. You've said it multiple times. I just yeah. felt like he kind of he kind of boosted the secondary. I mean, they shut down Matt Ryan. You know? I was wondering why Pitts didn't do anything, and then I saw he was covering uh he was covered mm-hmm. by Gilmore. I was like, okay, that's mm-hmm. why. Yeah, I mean, like, when they announced Ridley was out, a lot of people were thinking Pitts was gonna have a great game, but then in yeah. my opinion, but heading into the game, I was like, No way, like Gilmore's gonna send a statement and, and kind of cover our best our best target. And it was obviously Kyle Pitts yesterday, so I was expecting Russell Gates to do some stuff. He didn't really show out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this defense is just inspired, I guess, by Gilmore's appearance because they shut down the Falcons to over – just a little over 200 yards. I mean, cool. You know, he is human. He missed a field goal to give us the lead at the end of that game. And, 
you know, really just a couple of bad mistakes on our offense, which is kind of weird. I've never seen as bad as we have been the past few years. I've never, ever seen the Atlanta offense as struggling as they did yesterday. And it's kind of a disappointment, but it is what it is. I mean, it's, it's nothing new, man. These guys can't hurt me. These guys can't hurt me right now. <laughs> this season was not a good expectation season. So, I mean, they're not hurting me whatsoever. I'm just a little disappointed, but I'm not going to sit here and cry really much about it because this is how the Falcons are this season. I have to ask both of you, what do you do? You think we see Ridley for the rest of the year? Or he's done. Like what? He's what's... done this season. I think he, he really is done. Mm. He's done. The, the struggles he had already this year, and then you know dropping that tweet like he did on Sunday, like you know all all the power to to him. You know you gotta take care of your mental health. You gotta take care of yourself first. He's you know he's done. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and especially because we're not really in a good position to make playoffs. I mean, shockingly, we're still in the hunt, but I think realistically speaking, in a couple weeks from now, when he might be considering coming back, I mean, I think at that point, the Falcons are just going to tell him, hey, man, like, just take the season off, you know, work on your mental health more and just get ready for next year. Yeah, I was, that was out of nowhere, honestly. I mean, maybe you knew more than I do, Julian, but I, I just didn't see that coming, honestly. I know he was – he took the Jets game off because of that, I think, and – or he had personal issues going on, but, um, you know, I, I just didn't think he would take, you know, an extended period of time off. And yeah, I think he's done as well. I just didn't know if, you know, you were holding out hope that he was going to come back and, you know, push you guys over the hump to get a seven seed or a six seed maybe, but I don't know. I was, like I said, I was just out of left field with that one. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, it shocked um, me too. I'm not gonna lie. It shocked me. I know he had like, I know you had deep problems going on personal-wise, but I thought it was just more about his family going through some stuff rather than him and his mental health. But, yeah. I mean, he announced it. By all means, all power to him, and hopefully he gets better. But, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to be those guys that really hate on him for what he did. I mean, you got to, like Ryan said, you got to work on that. And and if that means you're going to miss a couple of games for the Falcons, by all means, then that's okay with me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, think the biggest, I think the biggest part of that as well, when he says, like, extended period of time, you know, there's that's a giant question mark of how much time it's going to be because no one really knows how long they need to take care of themselves. And yeah. so I think, I think that's, it's at that point that that's, you know, tomorrow or, or Wednesday, we'll probably see the Falcons deactivate for the season. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it. Let's stick to that division. Uh, Buck saints. What a, what a game. I didn't think that was going to be close at all. I mean, I know it's a divisional game. They always play each other tough, but I mean, I thought, Jameis Winston was going to be throwing picks left and right. You know, obviously he gets hurt, but the fact that Brady looked like regular season Brady against the Saints last year, I mean, I don't – is that an indication of what's going to happen every time these two teams meet up? Or, I don't know, it's just interesting that they lost that game. I mean, it was 23-7 to at one point. I mean, I've – you know, to me, I, I was shocked by it, but now I started to think, okay, are the Saints just – Brady's kryptonite because seems like it. he played he his two worst games last year except for the playoffs you know his two worst regular season games were against New Orleans last year yeah first game he plays against them this year and he got played outplayed by Trevor Simeon who I did not know was still in the league that's your guy you know former Former Pro Bowl quarterback for the Denver Broncos over there. That man has a Pro Bowl. Let's not forget that. Um, but I, I, I did not know he was still in the league. Um, but no, I just I think you know we're starting to see a team that 
you know, Brady has some weaknesses against it. It's just, it's the Saints. No, yeah, I mean, they, you got to, the thing I want to just quickly say, this defense of the Saints is very underrated. I've always known they were good, even in the beginning of the season. Cameron Jordan is a beast. Um, I'm a big Lattimore guy, um, even though he's with the Saints. That's really the only player I truly, truly respect and I'm afraid of playing against is Lattimore. And that defense just overall, um, it's just, just outstanding. And I knew they were going to give this, the, the Buccaneers a fight. Um, but I, the minute Winston went down, I, I kind of felt like they were just gone. They were not going to yep. make it a work game. But the fact that Simeon came in and, and did what he did, you know, former Pro Bowl quarterback, I mean, the dude, the dude lit it up. The dude did his thing. And it's just – I wanted to ask you guys this. Um, is it – do you truly think the game plan on teams just – is added like it just goes out the window once the backup comes in because it seems like mm. it was a trend this this week where like you know the Vikings Cowboys and we'll get to it that happened you know last minute Dak does not play um and then same thing for the for this game um you just you know I feel like the Bucks were kind of preparing for Jameis and then you know he comes out and you know the, the team you know is wasn't really prepared for do you guys truly think it, it it's, it's a big game changer when the quarterback comes in the backup I think to a certain extent, yes. I mean, there's many examples where it goes out the window, like you said. It, I feel like it just depends more on who's coming into the game. I mean, I didn't think Simeon would take advantage of the Bucks defense like that. I mean, I, I'm not going to say he put up, uh, you know, uh, crazy numbers like the great Mike White. But, I mean, let's just say, like, I, I just feel like with, let's say, the Raiders last year when they lost Derek Carr, when Mariota came in there, the Chargers game plan kind of went out the window. Like you said, there was a bunch of uh, backup quarterbacks that stepped in, Cooper Rush, Mike White, all these guys. And I don't think teams have that much film on them and they don't know how to play them. So they just, yeah, their game plan does kind of go out the window. And I feel like that's just more on the coaches not realizing what's going on. But I mean, that's, that's I didn't think Simeon was going to lead them to victory like he did. So, I mean, shout out to him. I mean, yeah, I, I, I do say CJC's part on it. Like, I mean, you know, you don't really have a game plan because I don't think Tampa Bay had any thought they'd see, you know, Trevor yesterday. Uh, they completely planned for Jameis Winston. Um, at the same time, Trevor Samuel is one of the most basic quarterbacks that's ever stepped yeah. on the field, and he's very, very easy to play against. Um, so I don't know how you don't have at least somewhat of a scheme – at least in the second half of that game to prepare for Trevor Simeon. Um, but yeah, I think it does. I, I agree. I think it does kind of go out the window a little bit to a certain extent. Like, you know, major every weekend, you're majority running off your base package with, sh with some, you know, changes here and there to adapt to different players. Um, but a lot of the time you see these NFL stick to their base package and nothing Tampa Bay just kind of went, stuck truly to their base package and didn't try to make any changes whatsoever, which is a little shocking to me. Um, so I think it, it does. I think, like you said, it depends on the situation uh, where you'll see the game plan going up, thrown out the window, but I don't think it's a major, like a major change or at least yeah. it shouldn't be. Yeah. I just feel like it just depends who's checking in. I mean, is it a running, are we talking about like a standstill in the pocket quarterback and then all of a sudden you got a mobile guy. I mean, that, that's, That's one thing, but different ballpark. I mean, we're talking about Simeon here. Yeah, you said, like you said, he's a basic QB. He's not really doing much, and he still got it done. So I don't know what's going on with the books. If that was the the secondaries, you know how depleted they are. It kind of came out in the end, but I I, I don't know. It's interesting that they lost that game. Now let me ask you guys: Simeon, Taysom Hill, 
or free agency, what would you go with if you're Sean Payton? Taysom Hill. Trevor uh, Simeon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if, if you have look. nothing, if you can't, if you can't find a quarterback or free agency and you can't get a trade done, Trevor Simeon, because Taysom Hill, his arm is such a liability yep. that at least Trevor can throw the ball. Listen, I mean, I think Taysom Hill, the fact that he was battling for that starting quarterback position at the beginning of the season, I know he lost it, but um, I, I think you got to give him another shot. Maybe, he, you know, he changes, you know, the, the season for them this year. I mean, I don't know. I'm a big fan. I know what you're going to say. Um, you're gonna you're gonna probably say Cam Newton. I know there's rumors out there about. I that. mean, I, I, if they want to, that's fine. But I mean, uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I, I'm in the Simeon ballpark. I, I don't, I don't trust Taysom Hill. Uh, I mean, if it's not for that defense, they lose to the Broncos with uh, hitting at quarterback last year. So, I mean, I I've just seen this Taysom Hill experiment fail time and time again. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, obviously Sean Payne's gonna draw some plays up for him, but. Was um was Taysom Hill on the deactivation list yesterday, or was he on the sideline? I I think he was hurt. I'm not too yeah, sure what happened hurt. to him, but I think he's hurt. I think he's supposed to be back next week. That's why I'm asking what you guys would do moving forward. But mm-hmm. no, yeah, because I, mean, I was shocked when when you saw when you brought it up. You know, freaking Trevor Simeon out there. I was like, wait, wait a minute, where's Taysom yeah. Hill at? But no, he's he's still uh, he's still concussed. Um, that's why he hasn't okay. been back yet. I mean, yeah. I, again, again, it's just it's just for me. I think you know. Like you said, if it wasn't for that whole weird scenario with Denver's quarterbacks last year, they lose that game with Taysom Hill at QB. Um, I don't know. I just – I don't trust him. Like, he's – like, yeah, they have the Taysom Hill packages in place. And I think you can – I think they're going to use them a lot more with Winston yeah. out for the year. But I think, you know, I think Trevor's your guy in the center because at least – at least that dude has had – has full seasons as a starter under his belt. He's a pro bowler. Yeah. He's a pro bowler. That man has a pro bowl nod, and I will stand by that. Yeah, I, I feel like the only team that should really go for Cam Newton is Seattle. I mean, he would thrive in that offense, but I mean, I don't see it happening. He's the I saw a tweet earlier. Perfect. He's the Isaiah Thomas of the NFL. Nobody wants to sign him. Everybody says he's good, but they don't want him on their team. So I, I don't he, know when that's gonna happen. Could but, he even be capable of playing football right now? Like, do you think he's even in? like a football mindset or football shape? I mean, I know he's, he's, I bet you he's in shape. I just feel like game shape is a lot different. You get, you're going to have to take all those hits again. I, I don't know. It's going to be a while. That's why I feel like he should go to Seattle, kind of be a backup kind of, I don't know. Like that Russell Wilson offense would be perfect for him, but I just don't, it would be, I don't see it happening with him this year and maybe at all. I don't know who would take a chance on him in the off season. I, I mean, my only thought on that one is if, like, you're you're 100% right, Seattle would be the perfect team for him to go to, but they didn't reach out to him when Russell yep. first went down. I don't see them reaching out now. Mm-hmm. I don't – I think – I don't think New Orleans is going to do it. I think they'll roll with Simeon and um, Taysom Hill packages when he comes back. I, I have a hard time uh, believing we will see Cam on the field again, which is – Shocking yeah. to say. Yeah, but I, it's just I, it's just kind of how it's played out the last couple of years. Yeah, unfortunate, but I mean, I could definitely see where Cam's just not. He got the opportunity in New England. Um, he did great to start, but kind of fell mm-hmm. off there, and it wasn't his fault. But I mean, I think that just sends a message to the league: like, look, this guy's done. Like, we we don't want him anymore. 
you know, man, man of the hour, Von Miller. You can thank that man for kind of ending, <laughs> ending Cam there. <laughs> Moving on, I'm over fucking Von Miller in the Rams. Let's, I mean, to Julian set it up perfectly. I want you, bro. Let's talk about the Patriots and Chargers. I mean, I mean, that, that was a sloppy game for Mac. I mean, he couldn't get it going, but the defense, uh, this is what I was expecting from the defense getting to the quarterback, fucking up the play. And I mean, Adrian Phillips really sticking it to his old team, the pick six. Obviously, he got another pick, but I mean, I, I've, honestly had the Chargers eking out a victory and the fact that the Patriots stepped up and got that dub. I mean, that, that shows a lot. And with the AFC, like we said earlier, it's a mess. They could steal a playoff spot, honestly, with just the way everybody's looking, everybody's shaky in that conference. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they get a six or seven seed. No, I mean, what I want to say is I, I'm not going to lie. I'm surprised they won this game. I thought the Chargers were just going to really blow mm-hmm. them out. I, 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 I like the Chargers a lot, but the fact that these teams, man, these teams that we think are top heavy are not winning these games that they should be winning. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I thought the Patriots were going to make this a game. Yeah. Um, but just the fact that, you know, Herbert threw that pick, I was super shocked. And I mean, it is what it is. Patriots took care of business. They're not a bad team whatsoever. And this is, no, a, huge mean, win. This is a huge win. You got Belichick on the sideline. You're going to be competitive no matter what. I mean, like, you know, dipping back into the last game, like we were talking about Cam last year, there was even a point in time, like, even with Cam, he was a struggle. We thought, you know, Belichick's going to find a way to get this team into the postseason. Yeah. You know, yeah. now he actually has a quarterback that fits the scheme with Matt Jones, who is showing that he can compete in this league and can be, you know, an above average to an elite quarterback once he gets some seasons under his belt. Um, I think, you know, the biggest question to me, just what was going on with Herbert yesterday? What was just going on with the whole team? You know, we're – were they just coming off that, you know, the bye week, you know, the bye week struggles? Like, you know, you still sleep over there. You know, I know you had that, you had that week off. Now it's, you know, time to wake up. And did they just walk into, do they walk into a trap game? Yeah. I mean, I feel like Belichick has Herbert's number. I mean, even though he still had success, but last year, 45 nothing against this team when everybody thought the Chargers, again, we're going to beat them, we're going to take care of business and, the Patriots steamrolled them and that, I mean, the way they played him yesterday, it's pretty much how they played him last year. I mean, they, they just took away his number one options. Mike Williams was a no show once again. And uh, that really affected. I mean, Keenan Allen did get a touchdown, but yeah, he couldn't get anything going. Lawrence guy and Matt Judon were really fucking up the pocket for him and it was making him uncomfortable. And Belichick strikes again with Herbert, man, two and oh. So, I mean, that, I don't know what else to say. I mean, the only thing I can really, I really took away from this, obviously Mac was a little inaccurate, but he still made the throws he had to, but McDaniels, this is the worst run defense in the league. We're first and goal at the one and we're throwing it four times in a row. Come on, bro. Like we could have won that game sooner rather than later. I'm glad they got the win instead of it going the other way, like against the Cowboys and the Bucks and all that, where we lose last second. But I mean, let McDaniels, his play calling to me is just very questionable a lot more times than I would like to say. I mean, it's just like I'm I'm thinking, I'm saying to myself, what the fuck are we doing more than all right, let's go? Like we got the easy score. Like, I don't know what's going on with McDaniels at this point of the season. Even last year, a couple of times, I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Like, come on. I don't know. I, I mean, the the one thing, you know, and Julie and I have said this before to each other. And I think it's actually Julian's the one that originally made the comment to me. 
Damian Harris is the type of running back when the matchup is in his favor, he goes off. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, th- you know, that's kind of more of like a fantasy football approach on that one. Like, do I, do I put him in my lineup? Well, what's his matchup? Well, like you said, he had one of the worst running defenses in going against him this, this weekend. And the McDaniels play calling made no sense. You had nope. the best, you had the best matchup for Damian Harris and you did not take advantage of it. Yeah, exactly. When they're, when they're supposed to be throwing, they run it. And when they're supposed to be running, they throw it. I just don't get it. Like it's not rocket science. Like if, Three guys that fucking watch football, like just on at our at homes on the couch, can see that. I don't understand why one of the quote unquote best offensive minds in the game can't really understand that as well. And that's the that's yeah, that's honestly the only thing I could see holding them back is the play calling and the going for it on fourth down. I mean, I'm glad they did it yesterday, but let's be smarter about it. Like, fuck, I don't know. I mean, I can't complain too much. They got the win, but I mean, just little things like that. I could see that derailing our season. That's why we didn't win a couple of those games in the beginning of the year. So I don't know. It's, it's bold of Josh McDaniels to be approaching games like this when no one in the league is going to give him a head coaching job. <laughs> True. I mean, he's he left, waiting for he, that New England job. So I, I think so. I mean, me and Jordan have been saying that for I don't know how long, but I agree with that as well. I mean, it, it makes the most sense now, you know. After what happened in Denver, you know, there was such a bad taste in the league's mouth with Josh McDaniels, if you can trust him. You know, of course, there was the whole debacle of Indy a few years ago where he accepted it and then, you know, blew it right back into their face. And so now, unless like, unless it's New England, I don't see anyone really giving mm-hmm. him another offer just for certain reasons. But I think you're right. I think when Belichick finally steps down, it's McDaniels' show. But that's – there needs – there should be some concerns about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we're nowhere close to that. So if we ever have to cross oh, that true. bridge, we'll we'll discuss it. <laughs> uh, let's F- talk five about five years down the line. We'll have that conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking Belichick's eighty. Like ah, I might call it quits this year. I don't know. But uh, let's talk about your guys' hometown team, Dallas Cowboys. I know you're sick of hearing about all their shit, but I mean, the <sighs> fact that they pulled that out with Cooper Rush yesterday, it's like I, I mean, I'm gonna keep saying it. They could be in the NFC Championship game. I don't know. I, I'm not the the more you know, the closer we get to the playoffs, the the more I'm like. I mean, Dallas is for real. Like this isn't any of the Romo teams of before. I don't feel like they have any of that haunting them anymore. And uh, they could really make a serious push this year. So you know, I'm at the point right now, and like I've like my pick for the NFC Championship is the Rams. Bucks, Rams. It's, I think it's the Rams and Cowboys. I think we'll see that. Yeah. Man, I think man. I think that will be the matchup. I think it'll be a tremendous game. Um, no, I think Cowboys are like the top one of the top teams in the NFC, if not at the top. And you know, they're gonna make a deep playoff run. Um, so no, it, you know well, the, the biggest question is just Cooper Rush having the success that he did, you know, last night. And then, you know, we were talking with like some of our guys that are uh, Cowboys fans and the first question that they said to each other was like imagine the points that they put up with Dax in that game I mean if Dak's not 100% you can roll out Cooper that's what I took away from it like yeah they they would have been on fire with Dak but it's like hey you have a a guy that can step in there and kind of you know take over the game and game manage away but he took his shots I, I was surprised at that like he took his shots that shot to Cedric Wilson I'm like whoa where is this coming from 
You know, like, I, I don't know. I just didn't think Cooper Rush was going to be taking shots like that. And he did. And if Dak is still not healthy, hey, don't rush it. Like, you got you got a guy that can win you some games. And, you know, that's how I see it. Like, they, I feel like they're going to be in a good position regardless. And make sure Dak is 100% and not rolling him out there, like, 70 or 80, risking another injury. I think the I think the other question in you know this is the last comment I'll make before Julian can you know chime in I I think you know let's look back at the what we said a little bit earlier um, about you know preparing for a quarterback there's like your game plan and all that you know the Minnesota should have known Cooper was probably going to be in there yeah. since Wednesday how do you not have a better game plan for that. This is why I think Zimmer's on the hot seat because, like, how are you going to let this Cowboys team, which is a very good team, really. I mean, with, without Dak, they're still a good team. Obviously, Dak makes them elite, but how are you going to walk let them let them walk into this into this game Sunday night? Prime time, Vikings, you don't really see them any much anymore in prime time this season. Um, and you just play conservative and let this let the kind of Cowboys stay in the game. Like, it's just kind of shocking to me. That this that this was allowed to happen, like I don't know. This is kind of I think a, a more of a bigger loss on the Vikings than it is a, a bigger W than the Cowboys, in my opinion. Because like I said, we brought this up in the beginning of this of this episode. The Packers came in there with no pressure, you know, knowing they're going to be down a couple guys. I think the Cowboys came into Minnesota with no pressure, like, look, we don't have Dak, but like, let's go out there and try our best and stay aggressive. Like, by all means, like, this is a joke to Zimmer and, and the league. Like, you let the team. Um, you let this team really just walk over you when in reality you should have been the one walking over them. And yeah. um, Cooper, I mean, by, by all means though, Cooper Rush, you know, hats off to him. Like you said, the dude was just throwing dimes and it was just not giving a fuck. So <laughs> the, the, team, <sighs> the team played well, but like really the Vikings should have never allowed this to happen. And this is, this is why I think Zimmer is the hottest seat out of all the teams in the league. He's got the hottest seat in my opinion. No, nah, Ryan already said who has it's Nagy. Nagy has to go. Nagy has to go. Nagy, Fine, Fangio, no. and Zimmer. I think Zimmer's not at the tippy top yet, but this, I, I mean. This is just a big statement, though, to me. Like, you let the backup quarterback, who no one really has heard of. I didn't hear. I didn't know who Cooper Rush was. And I didn't think he was the backup till last night when he got when he came into the game. So. You don't know fucking Rush is. Who, what's, who the fuck is Mr. White over there? Mm. You know. Balling like he did. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, man, these backups, it has to be some sort of effect to the, the game plans that these guys do. But, I mean, I know you brought it up. They should have kind of known by Wednesday, that, you know, this guy might start or this guy might play. And the Vikings really had more more time to prepare for this, and they did it. And this is flat-out embarrassing. If I was a Vikings fan, I would be embarrassed, and I would just blow this team up because they're not going anywhere with this with this squad, with this coaching staff. So Kirk so, Cousins and Zimmer are gone? Sorry, Ryan, I'm going to cut you off but just yes. real quick. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, no, that was that was the question I was gonna ask. Like, so who oh, okay. who who gets dealt? I don't think you find me someone that's gonna take on that cousin's contract. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're right, but I mean, I think at the end of the day, even if he leaves or he stays, you gotta start looking at who's gonna be his replacement, and you can keep. Hey, him what did I tell you, Julian? Kellen Mond is is way in on the bench, bro. I can, I'm telling you, we're gonna see him this year. I just have a feeling. That's, I just don't have this faith in him. I mean, I, I without a shadow of a doubt, I do believe you. He's going to play at some point this season. He's going to go in there and play a couple of games. I just don't think he's the guy, really. I don't. But I mean, we just have to wait and see. Yeah, you see things different. just have to but... wait and see. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, he's going to be the best QB in this draft class, but I just want to see it. 
Like, did we think Minshew when he came in that one year, like he was going to make plays like he did for the Jags? I mean, we never know with these guys. I, I'm going to keep bringing it up. Fucking Mike White did what he did yesterday. And it's just we never know with these guys that come in off the bench and take advantage of the opportunities. Cooper Rush, all these guys. So, you know, that's like shiny real quick. I just thought about this. That's someone who the Saints could trade for. Gardner Minshew. Oh, yeah. yeah. That could be someone. I mean, maybe the Eagles are just waiting for Jalen Hurst to have another bad game. They want to put him in there. So I, I don't know what what's going to happen with that. But, uh, I mean, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? You know, I know the Eagles dominated the Lions. Yeah, it's not really much. <laughs> Seahawks about. blow out the Jags. Uh, I mean, we didn't even give a chance for Ryan to talk about his team. I mean, uh, no, talk- <laughs> he, he was they, embarrassed. They got the dub. <laughs> Talk about ugly ass dove. <laughs> Melvin Gordon's a touchdown machine. Come on, bro. <laughs> okay. The only thing, <laughs> the only thing that really I want to talk about, or well, it's one of the, I don't know if it's the only thing we'll probably dive into more. But I have a small rant. What the fuck was that play calling on that last drive? That, that last offensive uh, series that Denver had. You had the you had the victory in hand. You had just under a minute left on the clock. Run it three times, make them use their timeout, punt the damn ball, and pinch them back into their end zone with maybe thirty seconds or less on the clock. You have the game won. You don't need to get you don't need to get cute. You don't need to get creative. You don't need no no damn little side pass or anything to to try to like get the first down. Just get them to use their timeouts. Get rid of the ball. Because you like you had that win and you basically hand, had it on a platter, a W on a platter, and you put it in front of Washington and said, "Here, here you go," and they just said no. But uh, I, it, ugly, ugly win. Denver's, you know, we're gonna clean house. That's basically all I have to say about that. Yeah, the offense did everything they did to give away this game, and the defense said, "Nope, not not gonna happen tonight." And shout out to the defense. The defense did their part. I mean, they kept them, they kept them uh, from taking this L. I mean, Washington too—they're not that very good offensive savvy team. Um, they have a few pieces, but I don't know. I, the Broncos really should have put this away early, like you said. And it was kind of funny to me, but um, people were already claiming victory after they got they stopped with that one drive. And then they yeah. Back, so. I just wish we would have blown out Washington. I fucking, I mean, I, I can't believe this shit show that's going on in Washington. I, they're just terrible. I, I mean, that... to, to touch on touch on it more, I mean, like I had someone like someone, one of my good friends, he, he, he texted me yesterday and he was just like, oh, Denver beat a really decent team. You know, like no. we should be happy about this one. No, there's nothing decent about Washington. <laughs> Chase they, Young is the only thing decent about them. That's about it. That's the only thing. Like they have one of the they're at the bottom three of defenses in this league. They've been allowing 30 points a game, allowing 400 you know yards of offense, and we put up 236 yards and only 17 points. There is nothing decent about Washington and. Denver did everything in their power to try to lose that game yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, – I mean, we'll see. This, <laughs> this is going to be a different team without Vaughn than moving forward. I, I, I'm not talking about, like, talent-wise, but also, like, morale-wise. Like, how is this team going to react to that trade and, and, and everything that's going to happen in the next 24 hours? But the well, dog, 
I mean, kind of chime into that, like, you know, right when we were jumping on the show and didn't mean to interrupt you, Julian, I apologize. Um, all over Twitter, players are reacting. They're not happy. Yeah. No one in the locker room was told. Vaughn wasn't told. It just happened. And it just got done. So now, now you got to look at it like, okay, so what is the mindset in that locker room? Like, how is this team going to look at the front office? How are they going to look at the coaching staff? Are they even going to try now? Yeah. I mean, you're four and three or four and four. I mean, you, you guys basically punted on your season at this point. And I, yeah, I mean, the players they are going to be rubbed the wrong way by this and maybe they're not going to care anymore. So it, it could really turn on them. And I really feel like you guys could have stole a playoff spot. Honestly, just like we keep saying the AFC is a mess and I know they're not as good, but I mean, I, I can't say, Oh yeah. The, you know, I don't know. Just the AFC is not looking good to where I can say, oh, yeah, the Steelers are going to be there at the end of it. The Bengals are going to be there at the end of it. It's just who knows at this point. And yeah, you, I mean, that that trade is just punting on your season. And I don't know when Fangio is going to get fired. But I mean, I could see it happening in next Black week, Monday. week after, maybe Black Monday. I don't know. But it's, I'm surprised. Be, besides, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just surprised nobody has been canned midseason besides uh, Gruden resignating in the middle of the year. But, I mean, maybe Nagy, but... That's the only one that makes sense. Him or Fangio, like I said, those two are like well, neck and neck to me. The, the, only, the only reason why I don't think it would be Fangio will get canned midseason is just because we got that first-year GM, and I don't, I, I don't think he's... I, now I'm, I'm just like contradicting myself now because like I'm saying like huh. I don't think he's gonna do anything big and then he just dealt the fucking face of the franchise. Um, so <laughs> um, I don't know. I just I Fangio. I think they'll just let ride out the season, try to save face. I think it is because they were 500 that he has not been dealt yet. Um, but he'll be gone. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. I don't know if you guys want to say anything else, but I mean we pretty much covered everything. All bases are there, and unless you guys want to talk about a name that we don't expect getting traded tomorrow, that's that's basically it for this. Week. I just want to say one more thing before we head to close. Uh, keep an eye on Odell possibly getting traded. This could be. Yeah, something. I mean I brought it up that last time yeah, we talked. Yeah. I mean, yeah, um, right. I, I heard it when you said it last week. I'm kind of monitoring it a lot more, and it's kind of making it more sense. So we'll see. Give me one second. I just had it here in front of me. Um, so, uh, Blake Bratz, who is a very well-known agent in the NFL, he, I mean, he just posted on Twitter, I'm going to be transparent tomorrow because enough is enough. And he is, you know, there's a long list of players that he, he oversees. So I don't, you know, we could, I could be a while before we could go over there, but something could get done tomorrow. Hmm. Well, we'll see. I mean, it's it looks looking like a lot more exciting trade deadline than I thought it would be. So yeah, same. I mean, historically speaking, you and I have mentioned it before. The NFL trade deadline is really not as sexy as like the MLB and NBA trade deadlines. Yeah. So, I said, oh, were you gonna say? I'll just give you a little hint that because I'm diving, diving a little bit more now. He's Adam Thielen's agent, so this could be all based around Minnesota for tomorrow. Hmm. I don't. Know. We'll see. That's I could see. I mean, especially if. You know, it's especially like what Julian said, they kind of blew that game to, against Cooper Rush. Maybe players are going to start wanting to get out of there. I mean, they, they could probably see the writing on the wall as far as a rebuild. So I don't know. It just depends on what happens and we'll see. But um, yep. 
real quick, uh, Giants Chiefs predictions. Who y'all got? Uh, Chiefs, but it won't be as big of a blowout as people think. I think it'll be a lot closer of a game. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Chiefs because that defense is abysmal. I think they'll win by at least one touchdown. Yeah, it's going to be like Chiefs, maybe 24-17, 24-20. Yeah, that defense is just terrible. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on with that. I mean, we know. Their defense is just trash. It's just plain and simple. Not Let's not overcomplicate things like McDaniels. All right, let's just end it off on a good <laughs> note. I appreciate you, Ryan, for coming on. You know, I, I haven't done an episode. We tried to set it up last week. It didn't happen, but, hey, it was worth it. I'm glad we got to do an episode with you, and you'll be back soon. I already know. Yes, so. Hey, hell, hell, of a, hell of a day to finally get the episode done. We'll just say that. Yep. <laughs> yes, it was. <sighs> I, may, I, I may allow Julian to post my the, re, the Von Miller reaction on Twitter. <laughs> I, do. I will. I might. Anything we'll else, Julian? No, nah, man, that's it. Good, good trade deadline. All right, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Make sure to follow our social medias. Ryan's will be below as well. Uh, subscribe to Sports Inferno. We'll, we'll catch y'all later. Peace. Peace. Peace.